Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Hancock County Veteran Services Coordinator Nicole Coleman offers a reminder about the effect of Backyard Independence Day fireworks on some veterans, while at the same time, we'll talk about the persistent myth of the dangerous PTSD vet. Also this morning, lines are likely to be long today at the BMV office as Ohio's pandemic grace period on driver's license and plate renewals expires. Tell you what you need to know. Senator Sherrod Brown is spending the July congressional break crisscrossing Ohio, touting programs to create jobs and enhance benefits for working families. Join us with more. And the Hancock Historical Museum invites you to an old-fashioned holiday ice cream social. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Just about at the midpoint, exactly. Well, we are kind of at the midpoint. They're 365 days, so you're not going to have, you know, an exact midpoint. Uh, 182nd day uh, of the year, 183 days uh, to go, and then tomorrow that number will be reversed. So middle point of the year. Today is American Zoo Day. <laughs> Which, and it is Canada. This is the thing. I saw this. It's American Zoo Day and it is Canada Day uh, today. So happy Canada Day to our neighbors to the north. And I'm thinking many of them probably look at us and think America is a zoo these days. So... <laughs> Uh, International Chicken Wing Day today. It is International Joke Day. National Financial Freedom Day. National Ginger Snap Day. And National Postal Workers Day. Big salute to all of the postal workers out there. Also, being that this is the first day of July, that means a whole new collection of celebrations. It is Cell Phone Courtesy Month. Independent Retailer Month, Horseradish Month, Lasagna Awareness Month, National Baked Bean Month, National Blueberry Month, National Doghouse Repairs Month, National Family Reunion Month, National Hemp Month, <laughs> National Hot Dog Month, National Ice Cream Month, National Picnic Month, Wild About Wildlife Month, World Watercolor Month, and it is National Anti-Boredom Month in July. Although I don't know how in the world you could be bored with all of those things going on. So there you go. Some of the first things you need to know, some of the most buzzworthy stories of the day. The City Council in San Jose, California, this week has passed legislation that requires gun owners to have liability insurance and pay a fee to cover the cost to taxpayers associated with gun violence. What do you think about this? Uh, it is a first-in-the-nation law that was unanimously approved as part of a 10-point gun control plan unveiled by San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo after the mass shooting by a San Jose rail yard employee back on May 26th in which he killed nine of his co-workers and then himself. Mayor Licardo applauded the law's approval, saying, we won't magically end gun violence, but we will stop paying for it. Officials have yet to determine how much the fees will be with uh, for gun owners, but they are aimed at covering the costs of gun violence to taxpayers for things like police response, ambulance transportation to hospitals, and gunshot-related medical treatment. So there you go. 
Definitely one of the more buzzworthy stories of the day that will be discussed vigorously on social media, on the uh, talk radio shows, on the uh, panel shows on television, all of that. There you go. Share that with you. Fourth uh, of July weekend is nearly here. And if you are driving, as millions of Americans are, you want to plan your trip carefully. AAA says there are certain days and times that are better for travel than others. Uh, spokesperson Julie Hall says travelers this Independence Day should be sure to pack their patience. Major metro areas across the U.S. could see could see nearly double the delays versus typical uh, typical drive times. So they say plan your route in advance, leave early, give yourself plenty of time to get your uh, get to your destination. The auto analytics company Inrix says the worst travel times between today and Monday will vary, but they say. Today, the worst hours to drive will be between 3 and 5 p.m. to avoid all of those people who are getting an early start. Tomorrow, you should avoid the roads between 4 and 5 p.m., which probably makes sense. Saturday, you can expect the biggest delays between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. And Sunday, traffic is expected to be light on the holiday itself. Uh, uh, Let's see here. Monday... Traffic once again expected to be worse between 4 and 5 p.m. as people make their way home after the holiday. The AAA holiday forecast predicts more than 47.7 million Americans travel by will travel by car and by plane during the 4th of July. Last year, 34.2 million people did so. So a big jump this year. And it's kind of interesting. Now, again, they're talking typically uh, about um, travel times traffic for travel getting from point a to point b uh to your destination for your long weekend they are not taking into consideration like uh, post fireworks traffic because they say uh sunday july 4th traffic expected to be light but you know as well as i do if you've ever been to a uh, fireworks demonstration or a fireworks show just how bad the traffic can be after one of those. So setting that aside, that doesn't doesn't count for the purposes of uh, this data here. We're just talking about travel specifically. By the way, speaking of traffic, the uh, coronavirus pandemic eliminated one of the things that many Americans hate, at least temporarily. But as the world slowly reopens, traffic is back in a big way. The Texas A&M Transportation Institute says in the past, the Los Angeles area was considered home of the nation's worst vehicular traffic. But there is a new title holder in 2020, and that is the New York City, Newark, New Jersey metro region. Uh, L.A. did not even finish second this year. Uh, Instead, Los Angeles tied for fourth place with the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Area. Boston came in second place. Houston came in third. The U.S. metro areas were ranked by how many total hours drivers were delayed over the course of the year 2020. And again, 2020 was a bit of an anomaly 
So maybe we take these results with a grain of salt, but it's kind of interesting. New York, New York City drivers were delayed 56 hours. Boston drivers delayed 50 hours in traffic over the course of the year. Houston, 49 hours. And uh, those two California regions, the Bay Area and uh, L.A., both 46 hours total. So the next time uh, you are here in Northwest Ohio and you're griping that your 10-minute commute takes an extra couple of minutes, keep in mind it could be a heck of a lot worse. So there interesting i found something to add to my list of things i didn't know i needed but now that i know it exists i absolutely have to have it it is a machine that can turn your favorite alcoholic beverage into ice cream you heard that right it is called the below zero machine which can take any beverage and crystallize it in under 30 minutes, all while keeping the same alcohol by volume. To use it, you first degas your drink of choice, then you mix it with a gel, put it in the machine, and it comes out as soft-serve ice cream. The whole process is FDA-approved. Technically, it is not ice cream because there are no dairy products involved, but the consistency is that of soft serve uh, ice cream. So same difference. Now, the only downside is the machine costs $6,000 and it's actually uh, only being sold to bars to allow them to create their own desserts. But now that you know that this machine exists, don't you want one? I mean, let's be honest. You want one? Never knew that something they could do something like that. That is amazing. Gotta have me one of those. And uh, by the way, speaking of adult beverages, among the first things you need to know, the most buzzworthy stories of the day, in honor of the 4th of July, Pabst Blue Ribbon is giving away a huge pack of beer. And when I say huge, I mean huge. A package of 1,776 cans, 1,776, get it? 1,776 cans, uh, which, of course, reflects the year of American independence. Unfortunately, it is not easy to get. You can't just walk into your favorite store and pick up a 1,776 pack. <laughs> it is only being delivered to a select few, uh, select few uh, including... Uh, the head of Iglo, Igloo Coolers, uh, comedian Ali Mikofsky gets one of these. Why? I don't know. The pump, pop punk rock band Hot Mulligan is getting one. And the Nine Club, which is a skateboarding podcast crew, is getting that. They will all share exclusive content using the big pack this summer. So it is a promotional thing from PBR. Now... I know you're probably disappointed that it's not something that everyone can get. However, you should know that you can still get PBR's famous 99 pack. So I'm thinking that should probably do. Probably. But can you imagine a 1776 pack of PBR? (laughs) 
Okay. <clears throat> that should, some people are going to have a very uh, fun 4th of July. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started this 4th of July weekend. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast. Partly cloudy today, scattered showers and storms, a high of 80, a chance of showers and storms tonight with a low of 60. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office is participating in the nationwide Buzz Driving is Drunk Driving awareness campaign to help keep impaired drivers off the roads over the Independence Day holiday. In 2019, 515 people died in motor vehicle crashes over the July 4th holiday period. 198 of those fatalities occurred in alcohol-impaired crashes. The Sheriff's Office is reminding people to always plan ahead and to designate a sober driver. And if it's your turn to be the designated driver, take that role seriously and don't consume any alcohol. An anti-hazing bill has been approved by the Ohio legislature and sent to the governor for his signature. Senate Bill 126, known as Collins Law, is named after Dublin native Colin Wyant, who died in 2018 during a hazing incident at Ohio University. Kathleen Wyant is Collins' mom. It doesn't really help in my healing. It does help in the fear of it happening to other students. I mean, this isn't the end all to hazing. We have a lot of work to do to eradicate hazing. The bill also honors Stone Fultz of Delaware County, who died in a hazing incident earlier this year at BGSU. Get more on the bill on our website. The Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles is warning people about possible long lines starting today as COVID-19 extensions expire. BMV officials estimate around 400,000 Ohioans have expired tags or licenses and will need to visit a local office to renew their documents. The BMV says to take care of as many online options ahead of time, including getting in line virtually to cut down on wait times. A Columbus Crew soccer team held a ribbon-cutting ceremony for its new $300 million downtown stadium. The ownership group took part. Both Jimmy and Dee Haslam were here, plus the commissioner of Major League Soccer, Don Garber. This facility is incredible. The field is perfect. The food options are great. The locker rooms are amazing. All they need are fans, and the crew can't wait for them to show up this weekend in the opener. That's Onan's Dave Holmes reporting, and the crew's first game in their new stadium will be against the New England Revolution Saturday afternoon. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So our cover story this morning, the 4th of July holiday weekend right around the corner now. And Hancock County Veterans Services Office Executive Director Nicole Coleman is with us this morning. A reminder about the effect of those backyard Independence Day fireworks on some veterans. Nicole, thanks very much for uh, joining us this morning. And as you point out, that this is this is not for all veterans uh, are, are impacted uh, like this. I know, for example, my my sons who are both veterans are more than likely uh, going to be the ones setting off the fireworks. But for but for for some veterans, uh, this does uh, cause uh, an issue, present an issue. Yes. Well, thank you very much for having me on to talk about this this morning. Um, and you are absolutely right. This is not something that all veterans um, struggle with. As a matter of fact, most veterans do enjoy um, watching and participating in fireworks and celebration of the 4th of July. Uh, what typically is the issue or the challenge is if the fireworks are being set off near us and we don't know it's coming. 
Yeah. Um, and so that was where my office came up with the idea a few years ago to have signs made that veterans could put in their front yard uh, that says to please be mindful of your fireworks. And really our, our idea was to let the, our neighbors know that a veteran lives here and simply just come and tell us, hey, we're going to celebrate the 4th of July with our family in our backyard on mm-hmm. this date. So that when we hear the fireworks, we're not startled by it. Yeah, uh, that is a, a good point, because naturally the question is, uh, why is it backyard fireworks uh, more of an issue than the public displays, which are uh, often louder uh, to begin with and, and uh, uh, more frequent sometimes? So uh, you make a, a really good point. It's that uh, being caught off guard is uh, sometimes the uh, the issue. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I, I love your um, your intro in talking about um, debunking the myths about, yeah. uh, you know, the dangers of veterans with PTSD. As, as you know, I've been very vocal about the fact that I do live with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. and yet I am a high-functioning, you know, active member of our community. Obviously. Um, you know, people, people with mental health issues, whether it be PTSD or something else, doesn't necessarily make them dangerous. And, you know, I always like to also point out that people of all walks of life have or experience PTSD at some point in their life, you know, whether it be they witnessed a, a vehicle accident or there were, you know, there were some people who had that kind of impact after 9-11 from watching it over and over again on the TV. Um, you know, so there's so many different things that can cause PTSD and that doesn't make someone dangerous. And that is at such an important point. Uh, and it's, we've talked about this before, uh, those with PTSD or really any, uh, mental health issue are, uh, much more likely, uh, to be dangerous to themselves than others. And yet that myth, uh, persists, uh, that, those with PTSDs, particularly military veterans with PTSD, are somehow some someone to be feared or be apprehensive about. Right, and I, you know, I think part of that comes from, um, you know, several of the mass shooting type things that you hear about are military veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, however. What I think that um, people have to think about is that I don't know, I don't remember what the percentage is because I did read a study one time that talked about this, but a large percentage of the people who go into the military are going into the military to escape a traumatic childhood or uh, Mm. bad circumstances in civilian life. And so military veterans, um, by that virtue... (laughs) have a higher likelihood of having experienced trauma and have developed um, unhealthy coping skills prior to going into the military and then going into the military, um, you know, maybe exasperate. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I mean, maybe predisposed to this, the military may not uh, even really have anything to do with it necessarily, or, uh, at most may uh, just, as you say, exacerbate the situation uh, that already uh, exists for some military members. 
again, I, I would imagine that portrayal or that um, uh, image that so many people have, that perception so many people have of the quote-unquote dangerous PTSD vet uh, is one that, that has to... Uh, really concern you in so many different ways uh, simply because it can be uh, so pervasive and will lead people to be apprehensive or even fearful of just veterans in general thinking that there may be something wrong with them. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I've had um, employers call my office before to talk to me about, you know, a veteran that they were looking at hiring for a position, mm. but they were concerned because they thought this person might have PTSD. And my, my advice is, um, ask them if there's anything that you can do to make them, um, to make the, the work environment, uh, supportive mm -hmm. for them so that they can come in and do a good job. Um, and you know, in our, in our community, you know, we do have a lot of um, oh, warehouses and, you know, uh, loud type jobs, <laughs> jobs that have a lot of noise. Yeah. And that can be triggering for veterans, but there are a lot of ways that you can help the veteran be able to do that job uh, efficiently and effectively well, um, without triggering them. And, and, and again, the, the, as and again, goal. as you mentioned, well, just to interject, and again, as you mentioned with respect to the fireworks, it's not like you don't know that going in. I mean, it's not the it's not unexpected. Exactly. Yeah. So. Right, and that that's what makes that's what makes the difference. So what do you say to those who, and, and a part of this is, uh, you know, media portrayals and what we see in, uh, te on television and in the movies and, and so on, you know, these types of stories about the quote unquote dangerous PTSD vet make for good drama, uh, good fictional drama. But again, we need to keep that in perspective. It's not like those instances don't exist, but they are, uh, far and away the, the minority as opposed to the majority of veterans, even veterans who do uh, have issues with PTSD. So, uh, again, what do you say to those who, you know, may be uh, concerned? We, we talked about uh, with the Independence Day fireworks uh, perhaps being a trigger. Uh, what is the advice for folks? I, I would just say that if you know that you have a veteran who lives in your neighborhood, um, you know, to leave a note on their door or let them know when you're going to be celebrating with fireworks in mm -hmm. your backyard so that they're not startled. And, um, you know, for the veterans in our community, we do still have the signs that I mentioned at the beginning that you can stop in our office today or tomorrow. We're open eight 30 to four 30, pick up one of those signs to put out in your yard and, um, you know, let your neighbors know that you're a veteran. It is, uh, it is as simple as that. A little uh, courtesy goes an awful long way. Uh, again, especially on this patriotic holiday, we uh, salute those who have served, and this is one way uh, that we can show that appreciation uh, in an active, in a proactive way. Again, uh, Hancock County Veterans Services Office uh, Executive Director Nicole Coleman with us this morning. Nicole, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day. So as you may have heard, if you are one of the thousands of Ohioans who took advantage of the grace period to renew your driver's license or vehicle registration due to the pandemic, that grace period expires on July 1st. And check the calendar. Today is July 1st. 
Joining us is Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles Registrar Charlie Norman. And I would imagine your offices around the state have been rather busy this week. We have, Chris. It's it's been a, an extremely busy week at the BMV. Uh, in fact, we know uh, there are still about two hundred and seventy thousand individuals wow. who still need to renew that license or, or, or vehicle registration before the deadline, and that's in addition to the nearly million customers a month we see on average. Right. Uh, and for anyone thinking of putting it off even further and kind of taking their chances, not a good idea because obviously with the 4th of July holiday coming up, law enforcement is going to be out en masse and they'll be looking for this. The fines are pretty steep if you do get cited. That's right. So, you know, you're just like before COVID, uh, if you got caught driving on an expired license or registration, you're, you're subject to being pulled over by law enforcement. You know, we've heard from our law enforcement partners that, uh, you know, they will be on the lookout for this in the coming week. Yeah. So with respect to the plate renewal, uh, I have a question on this. Or I was looking at this and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, if a vehicle owner did not renew last year for 2021, wouldn't a fair number of those individuals also now need to renew for 2022? Are there people out there who have two years worth of fees due at this point? There are that. That's correct. You know, if you if you fail to renew in 2020 and you're up in 2021, you'll yeah. you'll be paying, uh, yeah, the the entire amount of those fees that would have otherwise been due. You know, during that same period, so, so you, there are some folks who will be paying for two years. Yeah, you don't want to get uh, caught off guard uh, by that. And obviously, you know, just as kind of a, a sidebar with all of this, uh, please don't bark at the office clerk about that because there is nothing they can do. They don't make the rules, and you know, ask people to be kind. Uh, and and again, another reason not to put this off because then you start to tack on late fees, and it can be more costly. That's right. Um, but you know, you mentioned your annual plates or registration, your, you know, so your stickers or tags that, you know, it's important to know that's a process that you can do entirely online at bmv.ohio.gov. So you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And with respect to that, if I do renew online, uh, there's a document, uh, that, that, it can be printed out to show in case you do get stopped that you have actually uh, renewed and you're just waiting for the stickers to put on the plates. Is that right? That's right. So it'll it'll immediately show up as valid in our system. And, and you'll, there's also a, a okay. something you can print off and you get a, an emailed receipt that you could print off and have with you in the car as well. Okay. So now that is not true for driver's license renewals. Folks will need to go in for that. And if you still need to upgrade, again, this is kind of a sidebar, if you still need to upgrade to the new real id federally compliant driver's license there's going to be some extra documentation you're going to need as well so there's that whole extra wrinkle uh, on top of everything else there is and you know the federal government has pushed back that real id deadline to 2023 so you've, you've got a little extra time but if it's something you you feel like you're going to need uh, there is some extra documentation required by the federal government. And so what we encourage people to do is, again, go to our website, bmv.ohio.gov, and you can build a, a personal interactive uh, checklist of all your documents that you'll need. So you have all of these people who have procrastinated. As you mentioned, you add the, in the regular influx of people whose license and registration renewal comes up right now. Anyway, obviously, things are very busy, uh, but you do uh, have a new system that you have rolled out here of late to keep things moving with sort of a, a digital queue you can get in line online yeah we, we've got a couple of tools that help people manage that visit if they do have to come into the office the way that works is i know i have to go into the bmv in the morning i 
choose an office on our website and put myself in line virtually. And from that point on, I'm, I'm moving through the line as if I was there. So, you know, you could take the kids to daycare or get some work done and uh, go in several hours later and you'd be up, you know, near the front. And I can tell you our, our get in line online customers save about 40% on their wait time. Yeah. So wanted to give, give people some options for how they, how they interact with the DMV. I have to say uh, from personal experience, it, it, it works uh, incredibly well. It is very smooth and, and uh, it, it is uh, really efficient in getting people uh, through the line and getting the things that need to be taken care of, taken care of. And again, the uh, plate renewals, uh, as we said, can be done online without a visit at all. So, but, but the bottom line is folks need to get this done before the holiday so that, uh, you know, if, if you've been putting this off with the extension, uh, that extension is over. So uh, it is definitely time to uh, get it done. That's right. And we'll, we'll have all hands on deck. We're sending field staff out to all of our busy offices to assist those offices. But it's going to be a very busy week at the BMV and uh, we appreciate all of our customers' patience, particularly with our clerks, and, you know, as you mentioned there. Again, Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles Registrar Charlie Norman with us this morning. Charlie, thanks very much for the update. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You have a great day. We're joined this morning by Senator Sherrod Brown, who is uh, spending the uh, July congressional break crisscrossing Ohio, touting programs he says will create jobs and enhance benefits for uh, working families. Senator Brown, thanks very much for uh, being with us uh, this morning. We certainly appreciate it. You are... Thanks. Good to be back. You are keeping very busy uh, during these couple weeks uh, that uh, the Senate is in recess, barnstorming the state. I know you had uh, you're uh, in in Cleveland, in Youngstown, in Columbus, in Dayton, in Cincinnati, and uh, today uh, you've got a number of appearances here in Northwest Ohio. I, I did, we can't get to all of the details of all of those uh, appearances. Give us some of the highlights of some of what you are talking about here. Well, today I'm, I've been in um, Southern Ohio part of the day, I, or part of the week. I, today I'm going to be in, in uh, Defiance and Bryan and Fremont. I start the day in Bryan uh, where, where we're going. I'm talking to Spangler Sandys. That was one of, the, one of the most important things we did in the bill, the American Recovery Plan, which passed a partisan vote, unfortunately, by one vote, is restore the pensions for literally hundreds and hundreds of workers who have paid into their union pension for years, and we're about to lose 40 or 50 or 60% of it. So we'll, we'll be talking about that. Um, I'm going to be talking about housing and defiance and getting some ideas on what should be in this recovery plan uh, and, and housing. And then I'll, I'll spend some time in Fremont uh, with local officials and uh, Republicans and Democrats alike, mayors and, and council people and commissioners, uh, want to see this. this um, they they want to see us invest in infrastructure better than we have. And we simply, uh, Congress did nothing on infrastructure in the last five years. The president did nothing. Um, it's time to go to work. Speaking of infrastructure, uh, folks are familiar with that compromise infrastructure bill that was unveiled uh, a few days ago. Then the uh, president kind of uh, stepped in it a bit when he appeared to tie it to a companion bill on what he calls soft infrastructure. He kind of walked that back later, but some of your colleagues have picked up that ball and run with it uh, when it comes to tying two bills together, one of which would be partisan, one of which would be bipartisan. What say you? you know, well, what I say is that uh, the, voters don't, the voters don't care if Mitch McConnell says it's partisan or 
if Rob Portman or Sherrod Brown says it's partisan, the voters want something done. And it means we need to go big. And it's not just highways, bridges, water, sewer. That's really important. But it's also broadband in rural Ohio. It's also housing. We know that we have a housing shortage. Uh, far too many people simply can't get affordable, safe, um, good housing. Uh, we know we're not doing, we're not investing in childcare the way we need to. A lot of, particularly women, can't go back to work, even though there are jobs out there. One, because wages are still too low, but they can't go back to work because of childcare, lack of childcare. So we need, we need to include all this. And, and when you, when you say infrastructure, you don't just mean, you know, I-71 or I-75 or I-90, you mean, you mean broadband, you mean housing, you mean uh, daycare, you mean all the things that build a prosperous society. Does it make sense to tie those two uh, bills together? Is it better to uh, take the bipartisan victory? Because obviously the president made a big deal about trying to reach across the aisle, pass this bill, and then work on the uh, soft infrastructure? Or do you uh, advocate the idea of not signing one without the other? Well, I advocate doing them both at the same time. I, Congress can do two things at once. First of all, the other the bipartisan bill isn't a certain thing. I mean, if we have some Republicans that want to work with some Democrats, but that's, that's not a sure thing. Um, but I, I think I, I keep my eye on the ball by listening to Republican and Democratic mayors and county commissioners by talking to business people in Fremont and Defiance and Finley and Bryan and Lima and Cleveland and, and listening to their concerns and responding to that, not responding to, some process in the Senate on what's bipartisan and what's reconciliation and what the president say and what did the Republican leaders say. Fair enough. Uh, you brought up the uh, point that there are a number of individuals, even though jobs are, are plentiful right now in this economic recovery, that have not re-entered the job market. And so I want to ask you uh, uh, quickly about this, uh, because it kind of relates to the, the mantra that we've heard you mention on this program uh, a number of times. You often talk about the dignity of work. And right now, uh, a lot of businesses say what is keeping people from working are these uh, enhanced unemployment benefits. Ohio and many other states have worked to end those enhanced benefits early. Is that a good idea to get people back to work? No, it's uh, the, the people. People are not coming back. For one thing, one thing, one thing that's good. Good that's happening in the last few weeks is that employers are bidding up wages. I mean, think about the number of workers in Ohio that, that work that work so hard and have nothing to have so little to show for it. A woman in Southern West Virginia, one of our dignity of work sessions of the Banking Housing Committee that I chair said, the word poor and working shouldn't be in the same sentence. Far too many people in this country are working like crazy and can't get ahead. And they go to work knowing that they might get sick from this virus, knowing anxious that they might take that virus back and spread it to their families. They're not protected well enough at work. They're not paid well enough at work. Um, and then they, in many cases, they don't have child care. So this is not so simple as take away their unemployment benefits and all these lazy people are going to come back to work. Because I, I don't believe that for a second. The, the, the wages are getting higher now. Look at what happened to Cedar Point recently. We wages will. are getting higher. The workplaces are getting safer. And we need to provide more, more child care for people. We will leave it there, uh, obviously laying out the framework for the uh, battles yet to come in Congress. Senator Sherrod Brown, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
do it. Thanks, Chris. Always. Thanks. The uh, senator putting some serious miles on the company car over the next several days, the next uh, week and a half uh, here in the uh, in the Buckeye State. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. This is one issue that you have when you buy a home in a cold climate during the winter, not knowing what is under the snow. Leanne LeBelle and Kyle Ellis bought a home in Ennismore, Canada, in February of this year, she said as soon as they moved in, they had to get a new furnace, spent about $7,000 that they weren't planning to spend. But then, but that wasn't the end of it. That was just the start. Once the snow melted this spring, they were shocked to find the remains of a garbage dump in the backyard. <laughs> That's not what you want to see in the backyard of your new home. Uh, Ms. LaBelle says... Quote, we found the garbage went down three to four feet into the ground. It was kind of a makeshift landfill that they had no idea was there. There were bricks, mortar, cement, and shingles, and metal household items, doorknobs, and all kinds of trash. She says she knows a home inspection may not have found the garbage problem during the winter, but she was shocked that it was not disclosed prior to the sale. The uh, couple now has several quotes from excavation companies to remove the debris, and uh, they've been told it'll cost about $98,000 to remediate the drinking water issue that the makeshift landfill has caused. <laughs> it's going to cost them ninety-eight grand. Now you know why it wasn't disclosed prior to the sale. That's right there. Man, that is not what you want to find under the snow in the backyard of your new house. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, you know, we have these stories from time to time of uh, animals that get into homes or businesses, and uh, usually they uh, wreak havoc and the uh, homeowners or the uh, workers go scrambling for cover. Well, not in this case. A deer recently wandered into a Walmart store in Baraboo, Wisconsin, and one of the employees tackled the animal, pinning it to the floor. Uh, witnesses say that other employees opened the back doors of the store, were able to guide the deer back outside where the animal uh, was last seen running away from the store and apparently not injured. But that's, I just thought that was normally when you have a story like that, everybody runs for cover, but not this guy. He tackled the deer right there. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, California police say they have arrested a woman who crashed a car while uh, having a little bit too much fun with a co-worker. <laughs> Officers say they received reports that Kimberly Carnahan slammed her vehicle into a tree while she was uh, getting busy with it uh, with a, uh, a male uh, co-worker. Uh, this happened in Sacramento, California. The kicker on this story is that it turns out, in addition to uh, doing the deed while the car, in the car while the car was uh, in motion, uh, it turns out that the male in, involved in the encounter was underage. When she was questioned, Ms. Carnahan admitted to the inappropriate relationship. She has been charged with multiple counts in relation to 
to the uh, whole thing, and she has pleaded uh, not guilty to them all. Police are still investigating. (laughs) Man. The various ways that people can get themselves into trouble here. A Florida man facing even more charges for allegedly trying to smuggle meth into the local jail. Now, generally, it is not a good idea to try and smuggle drugs into the jail. Uh, It's even a worse idea to do it the way this guy tried to do it. The Orange County Sheriff's Office says uh, Shaft Adams was being processed into the jail on other unrelated charges when he was strip searched and deputies found four rocks of meth hidden inside his male anatomy. What? What? Hidden inside his male... Now a charge of contraband in a state facility has been added to the counts he was already facing. Law enforcement says uh, Mr. Adams has been arrested multiple times, mostly for narcotic sales. But this one, this one takes the cake where did he hide that and finally in the broken news this morning this is a crazy story uh one of the uh, residents of this neighborhood in louisiana says it's sort of like the alfred hitchcock movie the birds but but now in their neighborhood it's the ducks more than 60 ducks are running rampant around this louisiana neighborhood And that has ruffled the feathers of many of the residents. Jennifer Richardson, who lives in the affected area in Baton Rouge, tells local reporters that two ducks moved into the area and they were pretty darn good at reproducing. (laughs) The daddy duck then got a new girlfriend and that girlfriend duck was a great mama duck herself. Said over the span of six months, the numbers of ducks started with just one pair. The numbers soon ballooned out of control. She says it also didn't help that residents who first were delighted at the sight of the cute fuzzy ducklings would feed the ducks, which in turn led them to becoming comfortable with humans. She says eventually the ducks became pushy and began demanding food from everyone. She says, now we can't even open our blinds because the ducks will be there. If they hear a blind go up or a door jiggle, they'll fly up right to the house and be begging for food. She said it is both hilarious and exacerbating. Uh, Ms. Richardson says the uh, ducks will also lay in the road and block traffic, forcing drivers to jump out of their cars. And in some cases, they can't even shoo them away. They have to pick them up, physically pick them up and carry them to safety. Current plans on how to fix the ducked-up situation uh, is to uh, start relocation efforts, meaning the neighborhood just served an eviction notice to their local waterfowl. But until the city finds a wildlife agency that can commence relocation efforts, residents are strongly encouraged to stop feeding the ducks, even if they are being hounded. It's the ducks. We've been overrun by ducks in the neighborhood. 
There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update of the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN Radio News. We keep you in the know with the events of our community that affect you and your family. Whenever it happens, you can count on us to fill you in with the information you need. We'll also keep you up to date with all the latest from around the Buckeye State with the help of the Ohio News Network. And we cover the nation and the world with the resources of ABC News. The information you need around the clock from your news authority. 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and now at 95.5 FM. Let's get to your daily download this morning. The numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Have you ever found yourself in a conversation that was felt like you were kind of in over your head where you had no real idea what people were talking about, how you could add to the conversation, just kind of BS your way through? Well, a new study of 2,000 Americans reveals the topics that people are most commonly out of their depth discussing 39% of Americans in this survey admit that they are at a loss when it comes to discussing the latest technology that when the topic turns to tech, they just kind of either check out, don't say anything or, or try and make it up as they go along. Uh, 37% are making it up as they go. When discussing parenting issues, I thought was uh, kind of interesting. That was number two in the survey. One in four, 24%, confessed to not really understanding how politics work. 37% have problems a little closer to home. They say they are clueless in the kitchen. (laughs) 37%. One in two, nearly 50%, confessed they fake their way through an entire conversation When it comes to vehicle repairs, that is pretty common. I I have to admit that is me. Both my boys are are tinkerers. They're very mechanically inclined. They know what they're doing when it comes to fixing vehicles. I have no idea. I'm way out of my league uh, in that. But uh, kind of it. Nearly half, forty eight percent, have lied or exaggerated their automobile knowledge. And of those, three out of four, seventy six percent, were caught in that lie. (laughs) when faced with their fib 39% admit they really didn't admitted that they really didn't know, but nearly the same number 38% said they doubled down on whatever it is that they had made up and tried to hold their ground. (laughs) That can, that can get you into just as much trouble uh, when you, you know, when you're called, uh, called out for be BSing, and then you try and defend yourself. <laughs> you know, just just own up to it. Just own up to it is probably the uh, safest option. Kind of interesting. The uh, topics that uh, people most uh, often feel like they are over their head in conversations, most likely to just try and BS their way through. How many of those have you done that with? I mean, be honest. I I think we all have done it from from time to time. You know, I, I know it seems like summer vacation just started for the kids, but we really have to start thinking about back to school already in order to get all of this organized. 
in time for the first day of school. Next week, our big Stuff the Bus promotion. And uh, we will be, I believe, on Friday of next week, uh, broadcasting live from uh, McDonald's on Tiffin Avenue once again as part of our Stuff the Bus campaign. You can learn a lot more at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net or go to wfin.com and uh, get all of the details about what types of school supplies we'll be uh, collecting and how you can participate. And if you know someone who is in need of school supplies for the coming year, uh, you can uh, get the form to sign up to receive uh, those donations as well. All of that information at WFIN.com. So Stuff the Bus is coming up next week. I want to uh, remind you about that. But first things first, we get to the 4th of July holiday. Time to find out what's happening at the Hancock Historical Museum. Uh, Director uh, Sarah Sisser is with us uh, on the line this morning. And uh, one of the things that you are not doing in the month of July, Sarah, is uh, the Brown Bag Lunch Lecture, uh, which would is normally the first Thursday of the month. That is today. Instead of the uh, Brown Bag Lunch, you are doing a, a good old-fashioned ice cream social this weekend. Hi, yes, that's right. Good morning, Chris. We do an annual ice cream social for the 4th of July, and this year is no different. So we will have the ice cream social on the front porch of the beautiful Hall Slater House at the museum uh, on Sunday, July 4th from 1 to 4 p.m. So enjoy the parade downtown and then come and join us for some ice cream. We'll have Dietz's ice cream. And, of course, Dietz's is closed on the 4th, so it's the only place you can get Dietz's. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have scoops of ice cream. We'll have ice cream bars and uh, root beer floats. Terrific stuff, and uh, it's an awful lot of fun. You have the uh, table set up on the porch there, and and uh, just a, a great way to uh, celebrate Independence Day. Like you said, a good old-fashioned ice cream social. And again, it is uh, Sunday from 1 to 4, you said? 1 to 4, okay. and we also this year will have the museum open uh, free of charge. You can come in and see the exhibits. We'll also have some games and activities uh, for kids and family. So it's a great way to spend the afternoon. Awesome. So uh, check that out. Uh, let's see here. One of the things that you do have in terms of the uh, ongoing programs, uh, no brown bag lunch, as we mentioned today, but uh, you will have classic movie night later on in the month of July, right? That's right. This month, uh, classic movie night is on the 16th of July, of course, at 7 p.m., as we always do, free and open to the public. And the movie this month is Sunset Boulevard. So join us for that. Um, we'll have refreshments. We always have popcorn. And that's a great way to spend the evening, a good date night, again, free and open to the public at 7 p.m. on the 16th. And what a terrific film, Sunset Boulevard from uh, 1950. So uh, circle that on the calendar. Uh, one of the other things, the other big thing that you've got going on is an ongoing uh, program uh, really through the summer, and that is the uh, Cocktails uh, with a Twist. That's right. So our History with a Twist, our craft cocktail History competition, it kicked off last weekend. Last Saturday, we had um, like a VIP preview event at the museum. Went so well. People really enjoyed sampling all of the cocktails. This year, we have eight participating establishments, all of our favorite bars and restaurants um, in downtown Finley and even one location um, in more rural Hancock County. So this year, we have Alexandria's, uh, Finley Brewing Company, The Bourbon Affair, Vivere, Nancy's, Dick's the Bistro, and Hall's Trace Wine Cellar from Arlington. And so they have all created an original craft cocktail inspired by history. And now if you purchase a passport, which you can buy from the museum um, or from any of the participating locations, the passport has a page for each one of these different establishments. You can go throughout the eight weeks of summer um, to each one of these locations, try the cocktails, you'll purchase the cocktails, um, but there's a special discount opportunity at each establishment in your passport, just okay. like a coupon book. 
And then at the end of the eight weeks or when you're finished trying all the cocktails and you're ready to vote, you place your vote and return it at the Hancock Historical Museum. And the week um, of August 23rd, we will announce a winner. That is awesome. And uh, again, it's a a great way to get everybody involved, uh, not only in celebrating uh, our area's history, but also uh, raising a little money for the uh, museum as well. That's right. So it's really a win-win situation, I think, for everyone. So the sale of the passports, the passports are $20. They're $15 if you're a museum member. Again, you can purchase them at the museum or any of the participating locations. The money raised from the passport sales goes to the museum. Each one of the establishments has agreed to donate $1 from every one of the competition cocktails purchased over the eight weeks back to the museum. And then, of course, we're encouraging you then to go um, and visit each one of these establishments and buy a cocktail, but also hopefully buy a meal, um, enjoy some time there and support our local businesses. Absolutely. So a big shout out to all of the establishments who have signed on to participate in this. And along those same lines, got to give a big shout out to all of the volunteers who make uh, everything uh, happen at the museum, I, the, the ice cream social and uh, you know just about everything that uh, happens at the museum you couldn't do without uh, volunteers. You're absolutely right, Chris. We are so appreciative of not only the different locations this year that are collaborating and participating in this competition, but all of our volunteers throughout the year. And speaking of volunteering, um, we have, you know, one of the largest events in Hancock County um, coming up in at the end of September. We are responsible for Oktoberfest Finley. And of course, we're excited that it's returning to downtown Finley this year. We had to improvise a little bit last year. But in 2019, this event saw 6,000 people. So it really takes an army of volunteers to pull off. We need close to 200 volunteers. And so right now we're asking for people to sign up for volunteer shifts to help at Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, we need you um, to help serve beer, to help with admissions, um, to sell tickets, and with just a variety of tasks. So if you are interested in helping with Oktoberfest Finley, again, all of the proceeds from that event benefit the Hancock Historical Museum. You can visit OktoberfestFinley.com. And right on the homepage is a link for you to go to our volunteer sign-up. So uh, check that out. And uh, again, something else to circle in the calendar. It's a little further uh, in advance, but uh, certainly remember that that's uh, going on. And uh, in the meantime, the uh, next event at the uh, museum, as we mentioned, is coming up on uh, the 4th on Sunday, the uh, ice cream social from 1 to 4. And uh, folks, can uh, can they get the, uh, uh, the uh, passports for the History with a Twist and uh, talk to you more about uh, Oktoberfest volunteering and all of that as well? Yes, absolutely. On the 4th, if you come and join us, we'll be there. And again, it's free and open to the public. So yes, lots of activities coming up and we'd be happy to talk with you more. All right. Very good. Uh, Again, uh, Sarah Sisser, the Hancock Historical Museum with us talking about uh, events coming up on uh, not just the 4th of July through the month of July and beyond. Sarah, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Happy 4th. Thank you, Chris. You too. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about everything we've talked about on today's show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow as we head into the big holiday weekend, it is time to celebrate our independence in more ways than one. We have everything you need for a 4th of July blowout like never before. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.